Hello and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you're listening and wherever you are watching, you are having a wonderful Wednesday. In the game against the Denver Nuggets, many factors played to the Grizzlies' favor for them to get a victory. But perhaps the most exciting factor and perhaps the most exciting trend so far this season has been the Grizzlies' success when it comes to self-creation. Why that is certainly encouraging and why it may be easier to sustain than some may expect. That plus previewing the second straight game against the Nuggets on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Grizzlies a big part of your day. And I do want to apologize. Well, actually, I want to apologize to absolutely no one. If my voice is a bit hoarse today, it's because the Atlanta Braves are the 2021 World Series champions. So forgive me if my voice is a little bit in and out today. I know I've talked about the Braves a lot. Hey, their World Series championship is now complete. The baseball season is over. It's time to talk all things Grizzlies when it comes to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. Myself at StatsSAC. The podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you listen, subscribe, and review to wherever you get your podcast free on all podcast platforms. And also right here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show. Makes the overall experience of the show as good as it can for everybody. My name's Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies. My fourth season covering the Grizzlies. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies every single day. Of course, as always, thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But make sure you check out the Locked on NBA podcast. Free on all podcast platforms, just like Locked on Grizzlies. Find it on here on YouTube. All the latest news when it comes to the NBA every single day when it comes to the Locked on NBA podcast. Also want to thank McDonald's for being the title sponsor of our show since 1965. McDonald's has not only been a great source of food for communities, it's also been a great source for communities to connect to one another. So the next time you enjoy, want to get a great bite to eat, make sure you also call up your friends and go enjoy the great environment that is at McDonald's. So I've talked about many different things that are leading to success for the Grizzlies so far this year. Early on, it was the offense, and it was the overall production of the starters. Over the past few games, the defense has started to find its groove. And then, of course, against Denver, the bench was able to make a huge difference. That is pertaining to the roster, different aspects of the roster that have performed well this year for the Grizzlies. But one other trend that while other things have been up and down, you know, you've had high highs and low lows, you know, on the defense, on the bench, what have you, one very, very encouraging and exciting trend that is starting to emerge for this Grizzlies team that I, and I'm sure many others may have felt, did not, didn't really think to be a big part of the Grizzlies' success so far this year, is how much they have improved when it comes to the quality of their self-creation. That is correct. The ability for the Grizzlies roster to create their own shots. Now, I think that that is something that has been a need of this team for decades now. During the grit, before the grit and grind era, during the grit and grind era, after the grit and grind era, 
getting into Grizz next gen, that is one thing that has consistently been a need for this team. A team that certainly has had much more success closer to the rim than it has away from the rim during its existence, at least in Memphis, and also the fact that the Grizzlies have never really had a, a good amount of depth when it came to being able to create their own shots reliably, especially away. From the basket. But that is something that during Taylor Jenkins' time certainly has once again been a need. But while I think it is fair to say that the Grizzlies collectively as a roster right now still are below average when it comes to their ability to reliably create their own shot compared to the rest of the NBA, there are continuing trends that show due to the emphasis that Taylor Jenkins and Taylor Jenkins and his staff have put on diversifying how the Grizzlies shoot their threes, and also the tutelage that he's offered his players in terms of improving their ability to self-create, that is something that is shining through so far this season. Now, when I'm talking about self-creation, that obviously can mean a variety of different things. Overall, the Grizzlies have actually been above average when it comes to their field goal percentage on self-created opportunities. As a matter of fact, in the 1920 season, the Grizzlies were 12th overall in pull-up field goal percentage. But the thing that stands out about that when you dive a bit deeper is that the Grizzlies have never had an issue creating their own opportunities close to the basket. It's just how those opportunities looked. The reason why the overall numbers for the Grizzlies were positive is because during the 1920 and the 2019-2020 season, and then last year, what stood out as the strength for the Grizzlies on offense? Getting into the lane and scoring, but especially being able to shoot the floater, which counts as a self-created pull-up shot. The Grizzlies have been the best team over the past two years at shooting floaters. And kudos to this roster and Coach Jenkins for utilizing that shot since it was a strength of a roster that while it could get into the lane was a bit undersized, so it had to find a way to find high percentage looks instead of consistently challenging bigger bodies at the rim. But while those floaters certainly have been successful over the past two years, it's not likely that in a playoff or high leverage type atmosphere, the floater is going to be the best outcome for an offensive possession. The best outcome for an offensive possession is a healthy balance of getting to the rim. Because not only do you have high percentage, higher percentage chance of making a shot at the rim versus a floater, but you also have the chance to get fouled. Your variance of outcomes are certainly of a higher, it's more likely you're going to have a favorable outcome getting to the rim than settling for a floater, especially in high leverage situations. But of course, the other thing is, is that besides getting as good a percentage of a favorable outcome near the rim as possible, you've got to be able to balance it out when it comes to shifting looks from three. And the Grizzlies have done a very good job of that over the past few years. They've consistently improved at working off their elite ability to get into the lane and produce to be able to then use their you know top five passing ability in the league. Again, a top five assist team under Taylor Jenkins. They've been able to use that ability to get into the lane and then when they had success there, start to pass out for open looks from three. And as time has progressed over the past few years, the Grizzlies have been able to make that a reliable part of their offense, the catch-and-shoot three-point opportunity. But for this team to really evolve into the next version of itself and a better version of itself, it's got to find even more balance than that. Yes, it's important to still utilize the strengths of this roster to get into the lane and produce. And from that, using their ability to pass to find open shooters on the outside. 
But if the Grizzlies can also mix in the ability to create their own shots from three, that's going to make this offense even more resourceful and make it even better moving forward. And that is what stands out about this Grizzlies team. It's not only the fact that the Grizzlies have gotten better at, at, at have improved their confidence in shooting the three from distance in self-created opportunities or pull-up opportunities. It's the fact that they've also gotten better in terms of the accuracy of those shots as well. The numbers certainly suggested during the first half of last season, the Grizzlies averaged 6.4 pull-up threes per game. They created 6.4 shots. An individual created 6.4 shots himself during the first half of last season. That number increased to 7.9 pull-up three attempts per game in the second half of last season. This year, the Grizzlies are at 9.6 self-created three-point opportunities or pull-up three-point opportunities this year. A steady progression that is a positive that shows this Grizzlies team not only is getting more confident at creating their own shots from three, but they're also become it's also becoming a reliable part of the offense. But the frequency at which the Grizzlies are shooting these shots is certainly a good thing. However, it remains below average. The key to the Grizzlies' success so far this season and at the end of last year is the accuracy. There has been a much higher improvement in the accuracy of the Grizzlies pull-up shooting than in terms of the frequency itself. And that is what is so exciting about the potential of this offense with how accurate the Grizzlies have been. But just how successful has that accuracy been and how sustainable is it? I'll discuss that in just a moment. But speaking of the potential to always be there to make things better, that's McDonald's. Again, as I mentioned, since 1965, McDonald's has been a great source of food in communities all across the world. But it's also been a great place to connect. I've been on this earth for over 30 years, and I can tell you that McDonald's is a place that has constantly been there as a source of some of my favorite memories. I would have birthdays there as a toddler, first dates, study groups there during college, and now I go there to feed my family. McDonald's is a great place to not only get the food that we all enjoy, but connect with those that we care for. It's always great to go to a place that for multiple reasons can make you feel at home and you know that you can go there whenever you want. Maybe you could throw a Grizzlies watch party this year, but for generations now and for generations to come, McDonald's has been a great place to not only offer great food, but a great environment to connect with those that we care for. And I'm telling you this, we all know that their motto is, I'm loving it, but why don't we throw a little spin on it in honor of John Moran? Ba-da-da-da-da! I'm loving it. You hear me? Make sure you enjoy McDonald's during your Grizzlies games as often as you can. Certainly want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But of course, I know I mentioned that I would be done with it, but that's after this episode. The Braves are the 2021 World Series champions, but the season is now over. So many teams want to get where the Braves are right now, and the offseason is starting when it comes to Major League Baseball, and there's many, many storylines, both at both at the overall league level and in terms of each team. Check out the Locked on MLB Podcast Network, your favorite team's Locked on MLB Podcast show as well, for all the latest news, rumors, speculation, and updates during the offseason. So after you make Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked on MLB Network for your second listen to get the latest news on the team that you love. So we've talked about the fact that the Grizzlies' ability to create their own shots has certainly been an aspect of this team, but it has evolved from being 
done through floaters, which played to the strength of this team for the past few years, but overall is really not logically a way to sustain success, especially for a team that wants to not only make the playoffs, but thrive in the playoffs. Self-creation has to shift to where you can balance out that approach offensively from three with the ability for the Grizzlies to um, you know operate off catch and shoot threes as well. Using the Grizzlies, using ball movement to create three-point opportunities while also mixing in players creating their own shots is how teams can diversify their three-point approach and how they can have different levels of resourcefulness depending on what the defense throws at them. It's a great thing to have depth, especially from distance when it comes to the offense in the NBA. But as I mentioned, the Grizzlies have certainly improved their frequency in terms of shooting pull-up threes per game, in terms of mixing in, creating their own shot from three, while also obviously utilizing their elite passing ability to set up shots for shooters from the outside. Mixing that up is a great development. But the thing about the Grizzlies that also stands out is the accuracy in which they are hitting those self-created shots. It's not just about shoot, it's not just about the Grizzlies creating their own shots more frequently. It's about the quality of those shots as well, the accuracy of those shots, the amount of times those shots are the best outcome for an offensive possession. And numbers certainly suggest that is it, it continued to become more of a fact. The Grizzlies' ability to make a self-created three the best outcome for an offensive possession has made significant improvement from when Taylor Jenkins first began as the coach here to now. When Taylor Jenkins was coach here during the 1920 season, the Grizzlies finished last in the NBA in pull-up three-point percentage, indicating just how little self-creation potential this roster had compared to the rest of the NBA. But over time, improvement was expected to happen. John Moran improving his shot, Desmond Bain being inserted into the roster, being drafted, um, you know, in, in, in the 2020 draft, but also unexpectedly, the absolutely outstanding improvements of DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, and others. Those developments are what has allowed the Grizzlies to make a significant improvement in the quality of their ability to create their own shots. And the numbers certainly suggest that. Again, the Grizzlies were last in the 2019-2020 season when it came to three-point field goal percentage on pull-up shots. This year, the Grizzlies right now are fifth in the NBA when it comes to accuracy on pull-up threes. During the 2019-2020 season, on 7.8 pull-up three-point attempts per game, the Grizzlies made 29% of those shots. This year, on 9.6 pull-up three-point attempts per game, the Grizzlies are making 38% of their shots. The Grizzlies are also in the top five of the NBA in pull-up shot effective field goal percentage. What that means is, is that the Grizzlies are doing a very good job of knowing when to utilize their ability to create their own shots. They're not just doing it to force things up. The Grizzlies are creating their own shots when it makes sense. When the defense is throwing different looks at the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are using their ability to create their own shots at the right times, and that is what is leading to good results. That is what is allowing for the Grizzlies to make this jump in their improvement when it comes to creating their own shots, especially from three. But just how sustainable is this improvement? I'll be honest with you. I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to maintain being a top five team in the NBA when it comes to 
pull-up production or when it comes to production off self-created shots from distance. However, the Grizzlies continuing to have their roster take leaps to where they could be average to above average in that department once regression sets in, I certainly think is likely. Take John Morant, for example. In the first half of last year, John Morant shot 18% on pull-up threes. That's correct. 18% overall on pull-up threes in the first half of last season. In the second half of this of last season, he shot 37%. This year, he's shooting 36-37% again. So it's not like this is something we have not seen from John Morant before. He made the leap last year and in the second half of the season was shooting at a much improved rate on pull-up opportunities, and this year he's shooting at that exact same rate, showing it can be sustained. Take DeAnthony Melton, for example. DeAnthony Melton made 18% of his pull-up threes during the 2019-2020 season. Last year, he made 36%. He doubled his overall accuracy on pull-up three-point opportunities, was arguably the Grizzlies' best pull-up source last year. This year, he's making 50% of his shots. Now, he's not going to sustain making 50% of his pull-up opportunities, but the fact that he's jumped from 18% in his first year in Memphis to 36% last year to this year, there's a chance that even if regression comes in, he's in that 35 to 40% level, which he was for much of last year. Again, there was the ability shown before this season to do it, where his accuracy now is not out of nowhere. He's just simply sustaining the improvements that he showed last year. And then, of course, Desmond Bain. With Desmond Bain, he has remained pretty accurate. He's remained around 35% in terms of accuracy on his pull-up shots since he's entered the league. But for Desmond Bain, who's the Grizzlies' best overall three-point shooter, the encouraging thing is how many times he's creating his own shot. How much bigger a part of his game self-creation is versus when he came to the league less than a year ago. In the first half of last year, Desmond Bain was averaging half. He was averaging 0.5 pull-up three attempts per game. In the second half of last year, it was 1.1 pull-up three-point attempts per game. So far this year, 3.3. And that is why it is so exciting to see the success that the Grizzlies are having when it comes to creating their own shot from three. It's not only the fact that they're continuing to improve, but it's now that their improvement has really pushed them into the realm of being an above average team at creating their own shots, especially in terms of accuracy from three when compared to the rest of the NBA. And just think about it. When Dylan Brooks comes back, and as Jaron Jackson Jr. gets more comfortable as well, you're really then starting to see the Grizzlies having a plethora of options that can create their own shot. And if you want to talk about a balanced offense, you've now got an offense that not only can still get to the rim when it needs to, but now you've got an offense that can feature different ways in which it can be successful from three. Using ball movement in terms of its roster to set up good catch and shoot looks from three, while also mixing in self-created shots from three as well. It's all about diversity. It's all about depth. It's all about resourcefulness. When the defense throws you different looks, what different strengths can you rely on when it comes to your offense? And for this Grizzlies team, while they may not remain this successful, when it comes to their ability to create their own shots, the quality in which they're you know, displaying right now when it comes to self-creation, you certainly have to feel that even with a bit of regression, it can still remain a big boost to their offense. And to me, 
for someone who has consistently talked about this year being a year where the Grizzlies evolve from a rebuilding team to a sustainable winner that can not only regularly make the playoffs, but have a chance to advance in the playoffs, this improvement and self-creation, especially from distance, is one of the most critical areas of improvement this team can make, and the early results are certainly exciting. But can the Grizzlies continue that trend tonight against Denver? Because it played a big role in their ability to win on Monday night. I'll discuss that as well as another few factors that the Grizzlies nearly, really need to watch to give themselves a good chance to sweep Denver in this back-to-back -back series. But of course, another thing that I'll tell you that you need to watch is you also you need to always watch the odds when it comes to your favorite sports team. And we're actually going to talk about this tomorrow on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast over at betonline.ag. They have updated their odds when it comes to who's going to win the division, who's going to win the NBA title, who's going to be in the conference finals. But whether it's basketball or football, the one thing that you need to know is that BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. It, it remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your favorite sports. And again, it always updates odds based on the latest relevant information. Make sure you visit betonline.ag where the game starts. Now, of course, I consistently talk about the Grizzlies wanting to have as many options as possible when it comes to their offense. And having as many options as possible makes the Grizzlies' offense more dangerous as time goes on. Well, if you want to make your day better by having options, I can tell you that the one way to do that is Built Bar. Not only is it a tasty treat, it also offers health benefits and a boost to your day that can be utilized at for breakfast in the morning for breakfast or in the afternoon as a snack. And the great thing is if you go to Built.com right now and you choose you could choose from over 18 different flavors to make your day better. But also, if you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. So not only do you get to diversify when it comes to your taste, you get to get a discount on your next order. Once you make it a part of your day, I think it's going to be there to stay. Go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll review the Grizzlies game tonight against the against Oklahoma City Thunder, the Denver Nuggets. We'll also talk about those updated odds through BetOnline.ag. Do the Grizzly are the Grizzlies forecasted to be a bit better moving forward than they were at the start of the season? And we'll also dive a bit into the younger players on the roster. I mentioned that a few times over the past few days, but have any of the younger players who were fringe rotation pieces or outside of the rotation, has anyone truly imp impressed? We'll look at that on tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. But before we get there, the Grizzlies, once again, are facing a very, very good Denver Nuggets roster tonight. Again, it took the Grizzlies' most complete team effort, in my opinion, on Monday for them to get a satisfying victory against Denver. But for them to once again do it, I think the Grizzlies may have to change up how they approach their success this time around. I talk about self-creation, and that was a big reason why the Grizzlies were able to find success on Monday night. Since Taylor Jenkins has taken over as coach of the Grizzlies, there have only been six times in his tenure where the Grizzlies have had 20 or less assists in a game. Coming into Monday night, the Grizzlies were 1-4 in those contests. After Monday night, they were 2-4. and four. 
a reason why? The Grizzlies were 12 for 25 on pull-up opportunities, on self-created shot opportunities. John, and they were also 4 of 8 from 3. John Morant was 5 of 11 himself. Desmond Bain, 3 for 5. Tyus Jones hit 2 of 3 pull-up threes. So if the Grizzlies are going to have success again tonight, it's going to be that mix once again. Even if they're not relying on ball movement as much because the self-creation is making the most of its opportunities, you're getting that balance. You're getting different looks. You're throwing different looks at a very good Denver defensive team, and you're able to find counters to if you offer an initial offensive scheme, Denver reacts to take that away. Well, then you can counter either with good ball movement to set up a shot from distance or perhaps a one-on-one matchup where the Grizzlies offensive player can make their take their own shot with confidence. But another thing that I think Denver is really going to concentrate on doing is they're going to, I think Denver is probably going to go back to the tape that my where Miami played uh, Memphis and try to put together a game plan to really limit John Morant, really put pressure on John Morant away from the basket. And if that's the case, that is where ball movement is going to have to play a bigger role in this game. John Morant's quick decision making, I think, is going to be a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal aspect of tonight's game. Because as we call it blitzing or pressuring or whatever you want to call it, if this Denver defense tries to apply heavy pressure on Jaw as soon as he crosses half court, the answer to Jaw is to make intentful passes that can lead to quick reactions and hopefully find the right guy. Where if multiple people are coming after Jaw. That has to leave one of the Grizzlies players open. Jaw makes a quick pass. The rest of the team makes good ball movement. They either find an open guy for a good shot at the rim or an open guy for a good shot from three. That is where ball movement tonight, I think, is going to be critical to the Grizzlies' success. And the other thing that's going to have to occur for the Grizzlies is they're once again going to have to have either a group of players or another specific player really step up on Monday. It was the bench unit. The three best bench guys in that game on Monday night were all Grizzlies, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, and um, Xavier Tillman. If those guys can step up like they did on Monday night, that is going to be a big boost to the Grizzlies being able to win. But the other thing that can help is improved shooting from the trio of Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And for Jaron Jackson Jr. himself, simply remaining on the court. Now, When he was off the court, you had Kyle Anderson coming in to play the four, and that in of itself could be an advantage because that is a very good defensive player that you can utilize in multiple ways against Denver. But I do think it's fair to say this Grizzlies team is still at its best when Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the court. And if that's the case, him remaining out of foul trouble and hopefully getting off to as good of a start tonight as he did Monday could be a great development for this Grizzlies offense. So overall, on offense, it's being able to balance out good ball movement with finding the right moments for the Grizzlies to create their own shots. It's on John Morant to where if the Denver Nuggets are going to put a heavy, heavy emphasis on putting as much pressure on him as possible, it's quick decision-making, knowing where to go in the right direction with that first pass, and it's on the rest of the team to keep up the ball movement to find favorable matchup to lead to scores. Because if Jaw is going to be taken out of the equation, if Denver's going to do all that they can to make sure Jaw doesn't have another 25-point, 5-plus assist, 5-plus rebound night, somebody else, or actually multiple people, are going to have to step up for the Grizzlies, not only in terms of scoring, but also in terms of playmaking. We certainly know our players are capable of doing that, but they just have to do it against a very good 
defensive Denver team. On the other side of the court, there's not much that needs to change for the Grizzlies. They did an outstanding job contesting threes. They did a very good job of at least limiting somewhat Nikola Jokic's impact, and they also got turnovers when they needed to. They were not too opportunistic or too overaggressive to try to create turnovers because they knew that they needed to remain balanced and disciplined and stay in their spots against a very efficient Denver offense. If the Grizzlies can do that once again, and you can see a few offensive improvements from some of the starters on the Grizzlies roster, that can give them a very good chance to win this ballgame. Continuing to contest threes, continuing to disrupt passes, making it, paying as much focus to Nikola Jokic as possible, or at least keeping him away from the rim as much as possible, those are very small yet significant parts of the game later tonight that can lead to a Grizzlies victory. Again, it's going to be hard to beat Denver two times in a row, but... Memphis certainly did have a recipe for success last time out. If he can do many of those same things tonight, I do feel the Grizzlies will at least put themselves in a chance. You know, they'll at least put themselves in a position to have a realistic chance to get two big wins over a very, very good Western Conference opponent in the Denver Nuggets. Listen, tonight at the end of the day, we're going to once again have John Morant and Nikola Jokic on the same court for the second straight game. That's always exciting for all those going Hope you enjoy. For all those who have listened or watched this edition of Locked on Grizzlies podcast, thank you very much. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz. Myself right here at Stats SAC. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you listen, review, and subscribe. We always want to make sure we're providing content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. Again, tomorrow, we'll review the game when it comes to the, when it comes to tonight's game against Denver and also talk a bit about updated odds for the Grizzlies, a bit of an updated forecast for how their season outlook could be. And the other thing that I'll say is this. Thank you so much, once again, for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But for your second listen, I'm sure many of us are enjoying fantasy basketball. The Locked On Podcast Network features the number one source of fantasy basketball in the world with host Josh Lloyd. Make sure you check out Josh Lloyd as your second listen of the day for all the great content and updates when it comes to fantasy basketball. My name's Sean Coleman. Hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. Go Grizzlies, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.